0: So a lot of people post things that are similar to this. This is actually a very unique way of uh, summing this up. And I like the underlying message of it, but I think that there's a problem. Uh, and It's the historic perspective of all Christians up until the last 200 years or so that Mary was a perpetual virgin. It's not just a Catholic thing. I'm Catholic, obviously. Um, but it was something even, you know, Martin Luther, Calvin, uh, they all Professed this right? They they all firmly believed, um, and if you you look at anything in the early church, they all say the same thing. Uh, now, some people are going to bring up certain passages, um, and I'm sure they've already been dealt with uh, in this. So, for instance, the, the different brothers of Jesus. While well, a lot of those brothers of Jesus that we hear about, um, we we know for for sure that they had other parents, um, like James and John and 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 whatnot. Um, but what seems to be the case. Yeah, and I'm going to point out just one thing from Luke's gospel. I could point out a lot more, but this is just kind of an, an interesting thought here. Um, I have it pulled up right here. This is the RSV version. You can choose whatever version you want. Um, but it's this passage from Luke 1, 26 to 30 or so. No, actually, yeah, to 34. There we go. Just this chunk right here. And so Luke tells us this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, betrothal, I'm sure you have an idea. It's basically like being engaged, only even a little bit more in fact, it's, it's essentially marriage like you're already married in a sense. Hence Joseph would have to divorce Mary uh, but just before they live together. Um and the angel greets Mary, hail full of grace, keuchari tomine, says, you know, you've been perfectly graced in the past in such a way that it spills over into into the, the future and and, and all, all stops in between, right? You who's totally full of grace. And every, every time uh, an angel greets a human the human drops to their face and starts worshiping the angel uh, in, in, in scripture or very commonly anyway, but here the angel greets Mary uh, and salutes her it says, the Lord's with you. Mary's greatly troubled at this. And she considered her mind. What sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, you found favor with God. Behold, this is future tense. You will conceive in your womb and you will bear a son and you shall call him Jesus. Future tense, future tense, future tense. Now, if you are engaged and I come up to you and I say, Hey, you're going to have a kid. Your natural response would be, yeah, with, with my husband, right? Right. That's, that's a very natural response, but Mary says something different. Uh, and you can find this translated different, different ways. Here it says, how can this be? Since I have no husband. Uh, other times it says, since I do not know man. Um, here it is in Greek, uh, aner, ooh, Uh, Ginosko, uh, on there means man. Uh, U is is a negative, does does not. And ginosko uh, is I do not know, right? So literally, how can this be since I do not know man? Now, if Mary was betrothed in the common sense of betrothal, what most of us would expect, um, it would seem to be the case that she should have been like, oh yeah, with Joseph my betrothed, my my husband, right? So this is actually not a great uh, translation here. It's somebody trying to interpret the meaning rather than give it to you, right? So since I do not know man. Now that phrase, obviously Mary understands where babies come from, right? Uh, takes a, takes a mommy and a daddy. <laughs> and she, she gets that. And her answer is, this isn't my path. That's what she's saying. How is it going to be that I will bear a son in the future since I do not know man? The angel isn't saying you're pregnant right now. Uh, the angel isn't saying you're going to get pregnant in the next couple of days before you live with Joseph. The angel's saying you're pregnant or you're going to be pregnant. And Mary says, how can this be since I do not know man? Now, there were not a lot of options for women who who wanted to live a celibate life in the first century. You needed a way to have a living provided for you. And, um, you know, nowadays we have, uh, we have sisters, right? We have, we have convents and and we have, you know, orders of people who, who, you know, live celibate lives. Um, there wasn't anything really like that in the first century, but there were people who wanted to live that life. And so it was actually pretty common for people to, um, in this case, you'd have a, a young woman who would become betrothed to a man and she would wind up being his spouse, but he was usually an older person, a widow uh, or a, a widower in this case. Um, and she would kind of like be domestic help and he would provide for her. Um, but she would live uh, a chaste life. And this is not an uncommon thing. We can find references to this in multiple places, but we can also find uh, people living chaste lives in the New Testament itself. Uh, the two most, uh, Prominent examples are Jesus himself, called the bridegroom, but never having a bride because, of course, the church itself is his bride, uh, and Saint Paul, uh, who wishes all of us would be uh, celibate as he is, but of course he doesn't lay that on us as a burden. You know, Jesus says uh, not everyone can who can can bear it you know, the, the, the concept of being chaste, but if you can, then you should. And so for Mary, she was essentially a consecrated virgin. This was always the plan from the very beginning. And there's no way to make sense of her response other than that. Now we can find first, ten, first century references and second century references that, that build upon this. Um, we actually can find, uh, some listings that do in fact tell us, I think the proto evangelium of James is one of them. Uh, it's not scripture, but it is a historical document, and it shows a common thought at the time was that uh, Joseph was, in fact, a widower, uh, and he, in fact, had some children. So so Jesus, in fact, probably had, um, or very, very possibly had stepbrothers, right, or stepsisters, potentially, uh, who would have been children from Joseph's first marriage, but his wife... Uh, passed on. It would also explain things like why, uh, we don't hear about Joseph in Jesus' later ministry. He would have been much older. He probably would have passed on before Jesus' ministry started, right? So this explains a lot of different things. And of course, we can go into other things about how, you know, there's lots of different phrases like the, there isn't a word for cousin. So whenever you hear people talking about the, the brethren of the Lord, Adelphoi, uh, in Greek, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a handy circumlocution, like saying, hey, brothers, Just like, like St. Paul says brothers to lots of people, right? That aren't his. Literal uh, biological brothers. Um, So, anyway, I just wanted to share that concept. Uh, I know it's something that people probably haven't heard. Again, I I actually respect the. um, I respect what they're going for here. I really do. I think that their hearts in the right place, and it's based on a a lack of knowledge uh, of Mary and. Uh, the life that she lived and the life that St. Joseph lived. And of course, then that gives you uh, even more respect for Joseph uh, because he probably lived a contented life, uh, continental uh, life uh, from before he married Mary to the moment of his death. So, anyway, hopefully that makes sense and uh, feel free to comment or let me know if you have any questions.